3: Philip Slavin of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're you're probably right, and it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site, and if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. as the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Phillip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today. We have a loaded, loaded show for a Monday, as you can expect We have as many Big 12 games in action as we did this past weekend. And I am joined, as I always am, on Mondays to recap the weekend that was, Andy Mitts. How's it going? It's great to be back. Andy, anyway, I appreciate you pulling yourself away from the Chiefs game for this. I mean, I... I Priorities are, are 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 obviously this and then the Chiefs and then, you know, everything Look, else. Look,
1: I've, I've just built it into my psyche over the last year or so that I have to do this at a specific time every Sunday night. So I'm following the game on my computer here. So, you know, if you guys see me on video, go absolutely berserk. It means something really good happened. So.
3: Or, if, or if Andy just likes spaces, we know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, Jamie, a.k.a. JSJ Steyer. <laughs> JSJ
2: Steyer. That's, a, that's another layer. That's that's a lot going on there. Yes, it's good to be back. It's good to be back on a cyclone victory. I, I needed both recovery time and also I forgot I was going to say something last week. But, you know, here we are. We're back. We're ready to go.
3: You're, you're coming off a nice win. It's a nice win. Yeah. It's an easy bounce back. I, so this is just the rule: is we're all just going to skip whatever week our team loses. <laughs> since I feel like.
1: I'm not Wait, trying so, to. Set so that you mean part. I
3: get basically the
1: rest of the season off? Yeah, Andy, Andy's retiring. We'll see Andy in
3: 2022, folks. Thanks, thanks a bunch. Um, um, so we're going to get to the games that happened this weekend, obviously, and kind of look ahead to the the week that is going to be here and a few other things as well. But I want to start. I really want to make sure that we are spending time. I know that they're not going to get here till 2023. So I'll be honest, that's the year. Um, but I, it is kind of fun to to put some emphasis and focus on the four teams. We'll be joining the Big 12 here in a couple of years. Of course, that is Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF. And we'll, we'll talk about how they performed on Saturday as well. That's what we're going to do on the reg. But I want to start bringing on guests, at least for the next few weeks, um, to kind of just start talking about these teams, getting, getting ourselves familiar. Because I think, you know, we, we know the Big 12 well this is a conference that we are all been fans of for some time we we know it fairly well um and i know a, a decent amount about at least a couple of the schools coming in um I know some of the jokes that poked at some of the schools coming in but it I really want to take the opportunity to get to know you know get to know our new neighbors they're joining the family this is like the engagement period right Jamie you're very familiar with this you're engaged you're not married yet so it's like you're part of the family but you could still screw it up and not be so be very careful <laughs> um that feels appropriate so uh, today who we're going to Who gets off. the ring?
0: Uh, am, am I am <laughs> I to the host? <laughs>
3: uh that is the voice of Sam Raz. Uh, host of the Scott and Holman Podcast, P A W D
0: Cast. Uh, Sam, welcome, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad, glad, to be part of this new family here. I guess, I guess, in our uh, engagement as uh, as college football fans here it seems like the right,
3: yeah it seems like the right way to describe it it's like we're engaged you know it's, yeah, the I, wedding's a few years off because it's gonna take us a while to, to get it figured out it's like you got married and you're engaged in college but your parents aren't gonna let you get married until you graduate and you're just sophomores so we gotta exactly. go
0: exactly
2: I just highly out. recommend taking a hot second between getting engaged and married whether we're using an analogy for sports or real life frankly. Yeah.
3: enjoy engagement enjoy being married for a minute before you start having kids enjoy like <laughs> Enjoy moments in life before you feel like I have to do it all. Like you
1: got a while. I mean, maybe not. Man, but... who knew that the Ten Twelve Podcast was a life advice podcast?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: I mean, I'm not saying I would take any no. of our life advice, but
3: we're going to offer it whether you want or not. Uh, Sam, as I mentioned, the host of the Scott and Hallman Podcast, which is a honestly the best Houston Cougars podcast that I have I have found, um, and, I, and I mean that for quite some time. So I'm very excited to have Sam on the show here with us today. Sam, uh, Houston, one of the four teams joining. I think most people in the Big 12 are most familiar with Houston of the four. I feel like, uh, obviously, former Southwest Conference members with with Baylor and TCU and Texas Tech and, and Texas. So they, have, you know, they, there is a history there. Um, uh, most of the teams in the Big 12, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, have, have lost a game, if not multiple, to Houston and have faced Houston multiple times. Uh, I believe Kansas and Houston have each other on the schedule in the future. Not, I can't remember if that's before the uh the the wedding date or if it's after uh Andy. Oh, it's uh,
1: got to be after
3: yeah i was gonna
0: say i think it's 23 or 24 i don't have it committed to memory but it's definitely one of those two years so yeah i think it's i think it's after
3: there you go uh, so sam let's just start from this point let's say you were writing a a guide to to the houston cougars um that somebody was going to read try and figure out what the basic facts is they need to know about houston like, what are just some things you feel like Big Twelve fans should know and and want to know about this team before they get here?
0: Houston has spent a lot of its life. Uh, I, I would say roughly, I think this is uh, this year the school is making a big deal of. It's the 75th anniversary of U of H doing athletics because in U of H's early existence, ath wasn't really an athletics kind of school. It was, it was more more of a night school, just to be frank. And I I, th- I think that's a I think as much as U of H has grown into, I think more of a traditional university and i think those kind of moves on the academic and university side i think played a not insignificant part in getting considered now more than 10 15 20 years ago but there's always kind of that there's always a little bit of a blue collar roots there u of h started existence uh mainly i think primarily as an independent bill yeoman running the veer finally gets invited to the southwest conference mid-70s has a pretty good almost 20-year run there and then uh, as as you guys probably know, uh, did not get invited in 1994 and have spent most of the last 25 ish years kind of on the outside looking in, though with with memorable um, memorable sports seasons. I think especially the football, men's basketball side in between, but it's always been kind of a place where kind of a place where you have to innovate, kind of a place where yeah you know, we've been ahead of the curve at times. Yeah, I think one of one of I think the early adopters of the air raid, the run and shoot. If you want to go back to the early 1990s, Bill Yeoman um, creating the veer in the sixties and running that pretty successfully through the seventies and eighties. It's always been a very innovative program. U of H was pretty early to desegregate of the Texas schools. I believe U of H was the first major college. There's some debate between North Texas and us to desegregate. So it's always been a very innovative school and has always been a school kind of striving to be kind of a part of that in group and has had some success, but hasn't had maybe, uh, as much time to be a part of that in group, so you know maybe a shorter history than some, but a very a very eventful 75 years of having athletics uh, to be sure here. Never never a dull moment, even if uh, <laughs> even if some of the uh, even if some of the not dull moments uh, aren't exactly positive. You know, certainly mm-hmm. certainly uh, 1994 and not getting invited uh, probably falling under that category. That's kind of my that's kind of my macro uh, U of H that's athletics good. in the last 75 years. By
1: the way, I, I I do need to correct. Actually, Houston and Kansas play in Houston next season. And oh they wow! To play in Lawrence the the season after that, but that's going to turn into a conference game, which means Kansas is going to get to reschedule a uh, a non conference there. But un- unfortunately, it's the opposite direction where I wanted. I was hoping that Kansas <laughs> would have the home game first, but oh well.
3: Uh, Houston football. I mean, really, for the last almost two decades now it's kind of been a place where you've been producing quality head coaches that have gone on to do things elsewhere obviously Dana is kind of the reverse of that at this point in a number of ways um you've had Tom Herman uh, you had Kevin Sumlin uh you had he who shall not be named who was at a, a current big 12 school that should not be allowed to coach anymore um and then some other random guys kind of mixed in between it feels like Houston's like we think of Houston as this really successful football program that's been something of a recognizable brand uh, nationwide since really kind of he who shall not be named showed up in like two thousand and three. I'm not gonna use his name. I don't even want to do it. Um, you know, after the Dana Dimmel, which oh, I still don't understand how he got the head UTEP. Anyways, that side gig. Like, yeah. really, how does how do you guys view? houston football and where do you think that those on the outside
0: get it wrong i think um i I think what people get wrong it's it's one specific quote and certainly one that i don't think she expected to get nearly the run it's gotten but i understand why it's gotten the run it's gotten in 2014 uh our current president someone who someone who i think has played as big of a role on u of h's side of things like people are quick to point out like tillman fertita not going to uh, go down and open that can of worms. But Renu Couture has done as much to make U of H, you know, go from being a you know, school that's had some interesting alumni and, you know, kind of a, a school with a reputation as a commuter school to this tier one research university. But, you know, she got, you know, on the record saying, you know, we fire coaches are going eight and four. And, you know, I think people have that as kind of a, as part of the DNA here. And I think that was more of a, you know, a, a acceptance that, you know, where Houston is right now, which right now was the American athletic conference. And right now was at that time being probably the, you know, the highest spending group of five program, we expect results here. And I don't, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the kind of thing, you know, I'm not going to say that Houston will be happy winning five to seven games, you know, in perpetuity in a tougher football league. I, I don't think that's the case, but I, I do think it's a fan base and, and you know, in a, culture and administration with realistic expectations, but I also think it was a group of people who, you know, were spending a good amount of money. I think the reason why U of H is in the position it's in now is a willingness to, you know, to spend like a power five program before getting the invite, a willingness to, you know, build new facilities, even if you don't know that that big 12 or PAC 12 or insert name of conference here invites coming that, that ambition also, you know, that ambition comes with the price of, you know, winning here and, you know, truly performing as this program is supposed to perform as a highly resourced program in, you know, fertile recruiting area against, you know, a league of lesser resource schools. And has it always achieved that? No, it certainly has not. It might not be achieving it this year, which I'm sure uh, we'll get to, but I think, I think that expectation changes somewhat uh, with, you know, with going to the big 12 with, you know, a basketball slate that I'm I'm sure we'll get to is going to be, you know, a lot more exciting, a lot more, you know, brutal than what we've been seeing in the American Athletic Conference and certainly a higher caliber football product. So I I guess I would say what people get wrong is that, you know, this is is a program that is perpetually too, you know, too big for its own bridges that thinks it's, you know, God's gift to football expects to be going 12 and over a year. And it's like, no, I think the expectation was with what U of H has paid recently and put in terms of, you know, in-game facilities and also just the peripherals that, hey, you know, you need to be good against Group of Five competition, you know, or else. And I think when you're spending the way U of H has spent in the league, U of H has spent, and I think, I think that's a fair expectation. And I think, I think that's some context that people don't have when they just hear the, you know, oh, we fire coaches who we going eight and four, and it's like who are, who are these crazy people? Also, people misunderstand that Major Applewhite was remotely capable of running a Division One program, which he was not, and that is, that is the uh, end there.
3: Yeah, he 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 was not ideal. Um, I think it, the, sometimes quotes sound really good when you prepare them. Oh yeah, they, they they don't they they don't come across the way you were hoping when they're executed. Oh yeah. Um, and no, Applewhite was, <clears throat> yeah, whatever. Speaking of of you know, subpar jobs. Uh, Dana, currently the head coach at Houston, and I can't imagine he'd be too jazzed by having to go back to the Big Twelve again. From, from Houston's standpoint, you're moving up in competition. It's going to be more money. The opportunity is now here for Houston that they've been trying to get to. We, we don't know what the playoffs going to look like in a few years, but we all expect it's going to expand. And I still think that 12-team genie is out of the bottle. That's not one you're going to be able to shove back into easily. I mean, for Houston, how does this affect his job? Does it put more pressure to get things going more quickly, or does this... Was is that pressure already there? And it doesn't matter. This has nothing to do with it. It's purely a matter of, Hey, Dana, um, this ain't good.
0: I think the pressure is already there. I wouldn't say the big 12 thing doesn't matter. And, and by the way, he got a $1 million bonus uh, for us getting that big 12, 12 invite. So uh, no, he's, he's sitting pretty uh, on that one, but no, I think, I think it's relevant. I think it also, it certainly helps the financial situation. I think obviously a lot of what's going, you know, a lot of what's going to Dana is is private money. You know, we're not taking big bushels of money earmarked for uh, the mathematics college or uh, science and research and dumping it into a big plastic uh, you know, box for Dana Holgerson. But you know that private money isn't isn't at uh, the level of the school in Austin or you know Bama or Florida or you know on down the list. It is more limited here than at a school like that. And I think having additional big 12 revenue whatever that might be whatever smaller slice of the pie we might get the first couple years in the league is still a a sizable upgrade over what we would have gotten as an AAC member and I think I think maybe it adds more pressure to him because there's more there's more money in the banana stand to pay that buyout but um in terms of like what fans expect no I think it was hey you you know you need to have a conference championship contender by year four and by year three the current year have a team that looks like it's one of the three or four best in the American athletic conference. That, that was the expectation. I don't think um, I, don't, I don't think the big 12 invite or not big 12 invite really changed that.
3: If I have his, his contract his buyout accurate. It's um, he, they would have to pay him $7.1 million if they were to fire him in 2021, that drops to 2.5 next year and 1 million in 2023. So the, the issues of whether or not they can afford to do so will be, drastically decreased by uh, by next year. That's going to make an impact. Let's talk about basketball for a minute. Um, <laughs> I, I love the Ken Palm showcase, the rankings for the all the conferences, I think from 2014 through like last year. The Big 12 was number one by a large margin, current Big 12 as it stands. Um, <clears throat> and you move the numbers around to show this is what how things are now. This is how things would be it, with the new lineup of teams, both in the Big 12, and the SEC, uh, OU, the Big Twelve is number one. Uh, they stayed number one. Now the gap shrank, but they're still according to Kim Palm numbers the best basketball conference in the country, top to bottom. With the with, with OU and Texas leaving and the four teams who are coming in, um, I love college basketball. Houston is quite good. I think it's a great addition. But I am curious how is, is how long is Kelvin going to be around to keep things rolling the way they are? Kelvin
0: is as engaged in the program as I've. I've ever seen him I I know maybe his first few years that was more just you know the difficulty he was still working through playing in a ancient just terrible decrepit wonderful historic facility the Hothines Pavilion was he was playing in one of the 50 worst division one arenas out there he he got practice facilities it was kind of rough and now he's got a state-of-the-art arena he's had the practice facilities the program's already recruiting like a like 12 or like an ACC member. In fact, just on Friday, we got the number 40 uh prospect according to 247 in the uh class of 2022, Terrence Arsenault. He verbaled uh to the Cougars, so he's already recruiting at that level. I think he's really excited. This is the most relaxed I've seen him in an off season in a while. And you would think coming off a of final four, coming off Houston's you know first final four since Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler and the like were playing that you know, you would feel kind of the pressure and stuff. And I think if anything, he's very relaxed. He feels very secure about the team he's had. So, you know, the guy's the guys' age is definitely a factor. I, I remember telling people a couple of years ago when I was convinced after we went to the Sweet 16 that, you know, insert name of SEC program, whoever was going to hire Kelvin Sampson. I just said, you know, if he was 10 years younger, I would be very, very concerned about this. But, you know, at his age with his kids, both, you know, coaching for him with him, like, liking living in Houston, I saw him retiring here and he ended up signing the extension here. And I think he's got a minimum five or six more years in him without a health scare. He, he really likes it. I think my biggest concern isn't, I mean, it's not really a concern because I think Kelvin running the shows is still going to be a really good team, but his son Kellen is the uh, head coach in waiting has been an incredible recruiter. Basically every big recruit of the last four or five years, you know, Kellen Sampson got him to U of H and Kellen Sampson, was also one of the first people to offer him. He's just very, very good on the talent ID side of uh, a, a guy who's already shown himself capable of doing the face, the program kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe if he really, if he sees it as a situation where either Kellen's going to get uh, a big job or Kellen's going to take over him, he might step aside, but I, I don't know. I, I, I see him here for another four or five years. He's, he's really happy with what he's got here. He's he's on about the coldest seat in the country you know if u of h has a down year no one no one's going to be for colvin Sampson this year but u h isn't going to have a down year because he's had he's had stuff given to him rightfully so that no u of h basketball coach since guy b lewis uh got here
3: yeah look big 12 hasn't have a great history of uh son coaching waitings in the past so we'll see how that one works um let's wrap up on this sam uh, with football, men's basketball, those are the those are the things that everybody talks the most about. Those are the things. Football drives the bus. Men's basketball is number two. What other sports are the ones at Houston that are going to be able to contribute to the conference the strongest?
0: Uh, Cougar track and field has a great history. Uh, Carl Carl Lewis, the many 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 time Olympian, is an assistant track coach. He's gone on our gone on our show a few times. Humble brag, humble brag, humble brag. Uh, but you <laughs> U of H, uh, I think. The year Texas Tech won the outdoor championship, 2019, I was actually in Austin for that one. Uh, U of H was third on the men's side. Regularly is a competitor for individual national championships, especially on the sprint side. Uh, baseball program has a good history. The last few years have been rough, but U of H had a real good five-year stretch from about, or five-season stretch, I should say, from about 2014 to 2018, where the program was was quite good. Uh, Todd Whitting, from the coach from that era, is still around, but I think he's kind of, struggled to find the assistant coaches as some of his best guys have gotten poached by bigger money programs has struggled a little bit more but the cougars have good baseball not only resources but history as well softball i would say as a a solid history i uh i I know the cougars have gone to the super regionals a couple times i want to say i want to say the last time we went to the supers osu eliminated us but don't don't quote me on that could be i could be mixing up years i know one of our one of our best pitchers of all time, Amanda Crabtree, was actually a uh, was an Oak State uh, transfer. I'm trying to think of well, swimming, swimming and diving is coming off uh, five straight conference titles. Auburn actually just hired away uh, our coach to go run their program. D- ditto for Texas A&M and women's golf. So a lot of uh, a lot of success at U of H outside of uh, football, men's basketball. Obviously, you're going into a league where almost across the board, it's going to be a lot more difficult, but not going to be a program that I think. Um, that I think kind of lacks outside of those big sports. That's, that's kind of my big criticism of, of Memphis. Whenever people talk about Memphis is a big ad, it's just like, okay, they've had the football success. I know football drives the bus, but they're so, so, so bad at anything that's not named football. And I'm including Penny Hardaway in that joke men's basketball program too, but I will leave that aside, but that, that is, wow. that's, some, that's, some my that's my elevator. That's my elevator pitch for, uh, Cougar non-football and basketball sports that somehow uh, somehow got into Memphis, and I'm sorry that I uh, took that detour. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Very nice. Sam, you've been awesome. Really appreciate your time tonight. Uh, do me a favor. Where can everybody check out the work that you do covering the Houston Cougars?
0: Yeah, the best place to find us, obviously we are on all uh, places that have podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just search the Scott and Holman Podcast, P-A-W-D, Cast, S-O-S-C-O-T-T-H-O, L M A N. We are on Twitter at S H P A W D cast. And like once a month, we post on uh, Facebook. I wouldn't really recommend any go on Facebook, but if you do, we are on there and you could just search the Scott and Holman uh, podcast there, but a little more active on Twitter. And obviously wherever you get podcasts. Don't recommend
3: you going on Facebook. It's pretty much a good tried and true rule for just, doing- I-, I was going to say
1: that comment alone <laughs> made me
3: absolutely love the fact that
1: Sam is, you know, and Hey, he's Hey, he's the 12th, so. Hey,
3: good good stuff, Sam. Guys. Yeah, dude. Appreciate it again. And uh, welcome to the Big 12, bud. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me. College football season is here and no tailgate is complete without a grill. And no grill is complete without Gridiron Metalworks. Go to Gridiron Metalworks, find collegiate branded grill grates and griddles with actual school logos, as well as other awesome metal goods like flower pots, stainless steel bookends, coasters and can coolers, among other things all in actual school colors, not just the, yeah, it's, it's pretty close, like you'll find at other places. Grilling at the game this Saturday? Sear your steak, burgers, brats, or veggies with the perfect Pistol Pete, Baylor Bear, or Kansas Jayhawk grill marks. They've got grill grates and griddles for all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Plus, these are the perfect gift for the hard to shop for. We can almost guarantee you'll find something from Gridiron that someone on your holiday shopping list does not have. These are high quality, custom cut and made in the USA. And as someone who enjoys turning on the grill during the fall, during football season, during basketball season, and as someone who is a diehard Oklahoma State fan, yeah, an Oklahoma State griddle for my grill, fantastic. Right now, when you use the promo code 1012, that's T-E-N, the number 12, T-E-N-1-2, you'll get 15% off your first purchase. And all orders over $100 get Free shipping so whether you're looking for a kansas state grill grate a west virginia griddle or a unique metal home good for your college football college sports collection visit gridironmetal.com use the promo code 1012 for 15 percent off your first order you can also find the link in our show notes gridiron metalworks for the college super fam
1: your home for everything Kansas Jayhawks is the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz, and every week we run through the most important stories for all your favorite Kansas programs, whether it's football, soccer, or tennis, volleyball or basketball, baseball and softball, or any other Jayhawk competition, and we have it. We have game previews and recaps, interviews with coaches and others close to the team, and analysis from those who pay close attention to all of these programs. You can find us by searching for Rock Chalk Podcast on your favorite platform, so start listening today.
3: Uh thanks again to Sam uh really appreciate that that's i'm um, I'm pumped to do this pumped to meet our new teams coming in uh we've got some guests lined up for the other three uh over the next few weeks i say next few weeks like not in a row like over the next month and a half we'll we'll sneak those in uh we got a lot to get to here today. we've got a lot to get to and I, and i wanna start i don't wanna just recap every game let's do this let's do a little uh, a little scoreboard looking. And, and at least touch on the games that I don't feel like we need to spend a lot of time on for a variety of reasons. Um, number one, Texas, congratulations, bouncing back from their loss to Arkansas by uh, curb stomping, uh, the rice owls, 58 to nothing. Casey Thompson, 15 of 18, 164 yards and two touchdowns. Like everyone looked good for Texas. It was a nice win. Um, I'm not sure how much to really take away from it because again, rice is bad. They're, they're and three and, and quite 0-3. and three. And, You know, if we want to do transit property stuff, which doesn't make any sense, Texas beat rice by more than Arkansas did, but Arkansas beat Texas. So this is why transit property stuff doesn't really work. Congrats to Texas. Texas Tech 54, Florida International 21. It was close early. Like, I was a little bit nervous. You're about to have a repeat of week two against their FCS team. Uh, But Texas Tech put it on 28 points in the second quarter and then just just ran away with it. Tyler Shuck looked pretty good. And I think as long as his offensive line can keep him upright and protect him, he's going to have a really nice season. And Texas Tech has a a higher ceiling than I thought they did coming into the year. They're 3 0 now. So that Tech bet's not looking very good for Daniel. But that's all right. Money's going to a. a good cause. Iowa State 48, UNLV three if you stayed up for this one. Um, I think the only takeaway I came away from it was that Marcus Arroyo and UNLV have had the top recruiting class in the Mountain West for the past two years since he got there, which is really interesting to me. Marcus Arroyo keep an eye on him. Um, congrats to Iowa State, another bounce back win. I'm sure I'm sure Iowa State fans had a lot of fun in Vegas. Had a lot of fun in Vegas, James they just did. laughing. They, they did. did.
1: Yes, yes, they did. I know several who absolutely had a spectacular time.
2: My parents went. They had a great time. They celebrated my dad's birthday late.
1: That's good.
2: That's very
3: nice. That was a lot
1: of fun. I mean, that's that's the that's one of the best places to do it yeah. too. They so.
2: didn't take me, but I'm not bitter. It's fine.
3: <laughs> not at all. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna say this here. I've never been to Vegas.
2: Me neither. So oh, no, I'm
1: not either. upset. Oh, good. None <laughs> of us have. This is that's, Oh, boy. Oh, that's beautiful.
2: Hey. Just add They're
1: it to turning. the things that. I would say just add it to the things that people are gonna blast the podcast for, that's right? right. Should, We've never it, been to Vegas. Our first 10-12 network board meeting. Is that
3: what we got a meeting of the in person meeting of the? Oh lines? my gosh! Tax
2: deductible <laughs> or something. That's a write off.
3: There we go. <laughs> I think I had to like make this an actual business first, and not just a bunch of people who all like mention each other. Yeah. That
2: out. How much are they gonna check anyway? I just, just the IRS I, doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs>
3: I'm gonna put Jamie Steyer on everything. Um <laughs> congrats, JSJ. Uh yeah. Okay, so those aside, let's talk about three games in particular that I, I have grouped together as disappointing or unsatisfactory victories. And I know it's it seems in poor taste to be like, like you won, and that's all that matters, right? All that matters is winning. It's all anyone cares about. At the end of the day, you move on. We got a W. Our record looks good. But you also kind of come away from it going, it doesn't necessarily make you feel like all great for the rest of the season moving forward. Let's start with Oklahoma and Nebraska. OU 23, Nebraska 16. Uh, it was a, another eh, performance from Spencer Rattler, which it seems like he's in a bit of a sophomore slump. I don't know. I will chalk up a lot of this to the fact that basically Lincoln Rally was playing uber conservative. Like it's what it felt like. That's how it seemed. It it doesn't seem like they were trying to blow them out of the water, which was very interesting. One interesting note for me is of Oklahoma uh, since twenty fifteen since the twenty fifteen season started, o- Oklahoma is nine and fifteen now against the spread when they are a twenty to thirty five point favorite. That includes Saturday's game, uh, which is the fifth in a row that they did not cover. Now they are twenty one and three in those twenty four games, so they win them. But I don't know what it is, Vegas and making OU a massive favorite. Like they probably shouldn't anymore. I don't I don't get it. I I think my problem with Oklahoma this is this. We gave them the pass in week one with Tulane. It was a weird game. They weren't supposed to be at home. There wasn't even a full stadium. Tulane had a lot to play for, didn't think they would, but they did. You blew out Western Carolina. Who cares? You play this game, the game that all this drama has been built around because Nebraska didn't want to play it. It's 11 a.m. And that's the reason the Big 12 is falling apart. <coughs> Kidding. Um, it's the 50th anniversary of the the game of the century or whatever the thing is called. And you're sitting there late in the game like you did against Tulane and Nebraska has an opportunity to maybe like win or tie it up. And I just, for a team that we all had... Or at least myself and a lot of people are like, yeah, national championship game, to the playoff again. There's a shoe in, and I think this year they're actually going to win their first playoff game. Been really lackluster performances against teams that you should not have had lackluster performances against.
1: Yeah, this is this screams to me of Oklahoma knowing that people are not going to write them off the same way that they do other potential title contenders um, or or playoff contenders. Because look, I, we ragged on Iowa State for their, you know, their, uh, their UNI barely win there. And, you know, the thought process was, well, if you beat Iowa, no one's really going to care. And Iowa was a much, much better team than Nebraska was. Oklahoma, yes, they haven't lost yet, but they've looked bad in two of their games. And and, and I say bad relative to, to like our, our standards, like what we expect of them. They did not look good in this game at all. They were able to pull out enough, but Nebraska was playing way above what you expect in Nebraska to, And it took, a like some super spectacular play by Oklahoma late down the stretch to keep Nebraska from coming back and tying that game and setting it to overtime. Like this was, this was absolutely Oklahoma laying down and, and I'm going to call them out on it because they cannot continue to do this, especially as we get into big 12 play and expect to just walk through the conference, which is what they're going to have to do in order to make the playoff. Because the national perception of the big 12 at this point is, is, rightly or wrongly way down from what it was previously. So it's not like you can take a big 12 loss and feel super comfortable about being able to make the playoff over some of these, It's especially with the way that the PAC 12 has gotten a big shot in the arm from Oregon beating Ohio state. Like you have to go out and impress if this was your opportunity to go out and just lay waste to a Nebraska team that nobody really thinks is any good. And you know, you let them stay in that game. You let everybody wonder what the heck is going on with your team and so they're going to have to go and beat the brakes off of everybody from this point forward, I think to get back that benefit of the doubt. And look, if, if, if we're going to talk about Iowa state, not being as impressive as they needed to be in the first two weeks of the season, then we have to do the same to Oklahoma here. Cause they should have been a whole lot more impressive in this win. They should have been a whole lot more impressive in that, in that opening week win as well. So Like, I I mean, I still think that they can get it turned around and we've seen them do that, but for whatever reason, like there was absolutely no reason. They had all the motivational reasons they needed to just go out and stomp Nebraska into dust and they didn't do it, which makes me wonder what is going on with this team? Why are they not getting up for this game that they should have gotten up for? And they should have put on a show.
2: Yeah. I'm the first to say like, you can't judge off week one. You can start making some judgments week two you know, and, and I think that it's, there, there are a lot of question marks of, you know, what really happened in that team Because I don't think that the answer is that Nebraska is a lot better than they've been given credit for. Maybe some, maybe a little bit, but I don't think that it all comes down to that. And so I don't know. Yeah. You'd think that there would have been incentive to, to really go Aaron and be ready for it, but I mean a, a win is a win, but yeah, you you've got to be more convincing than that long term um to really prove that you you are who everyone was saying you are preseason. But at the end of the day, you, you come out of there with a win, and if you go out there and you do have some really convincing wins, you kind of put it in the in the rearview mirror. But you've got to yeah. have those convincing wins still
1: the the thing that i'm kind of concerned about cuz this is what we see from texas all the time right like they they have a whole bunch of talent they should be a whole lot better than a lot of teams that they play but they play down to the level of their competition they don't seem to take most of their games seriously unless it's like a you know playing against an fcs opponent type of thing and everybody wonders what goes on with texas and we're starting to see oklahoma for whatever reason do a similar sort of thing where they don't seem to necessarily be taking all their opponents seriously or putting on the show and getting the style points you know that they need to be able to, to make sure that they're going to be in that college football playoff conversation there. And like, I, I don't know what it is. It's just, it, it reminds me a lot of what we see from Texas all the time. And I just, I don't like it, especially since Oklahoma is supposed to be the flagship of the big 12 this year.
3: Yeah. Uh, crazy interception in the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought it was funny that Lincoln rally base was like considered uh, debating it or challenging it just because it was a fourth down play and moved Oklahoma got the ball at the three instead of the tw- their own 24, which was funny. But man, that interception was insane. DJ Graham. Oof, oof, wow. Catch. Uh, speaking of disappointing wins, Oklahoma state 21, Boise state 20. For those who didn't stay up late to watch this one, the halftime score in this game, in case you're curious, was Oklahoma state 21, Boise state 20. No one scored a point in the second half. There was a missed field goal and a blocked field goal. That blocked field goal being the one that helped Oklahoma state, uh, Maintain their one point lead and victory that and a a massive third down catch from former walk on receiver kale cabanis who also happens to be the grandson of former Oklahoma men's basketball head coach Billy Tubbs. yeah, welcome to yeah weird stuff um <laughs> Oklahoma State finally figured out how to run the ball. Jalen Warren is r b one for Oklahoma State now that he's locked that job down. He was fantastic. Oklahoma State won despite completing just six passes. The offensive line was better than it was the first couple of weeks. Spencer Sanders was not great. They obviously did not want to throw the, him to throw the ball all that much, as they didn't throw them all that much in the game. Um, there's a weird balance of like I I, I get the excuse and the, the comment about the wide receivers. You had out that night, Tay Martin, your elder statesman, Jaden Bray. Talented freshman. Braden Johnson, your other older guy, Langston Anderson, your other older guy. Basically, all you had left were a bunch of true freshmen and, and sophomore receivers, um, and they were fine. They were they were okay, and obviously, why she doesn't trust them, which isn't shocking. Why she never trusts young players that much. The defense did it again. I they held Boise State without a point for the final forty minutes and seven seconds of that game, which is insane. I. I think my point with Oklahoma State at this point is their defense is as good as their offense is bad and um I don't know how many games you can win that way but it, it's not going to be as many as Oklahoma State fans hope for.
1: Uh, yeah, all, all I'm going to say there Philip is you're welcome by the way. Because I literally <laughs> tuned in. I tuned into the Okay, okay. So so 10 12 you know text message chain Philip was talking about how he didn't want to be on the podcast today because Oklahoma state was playing so bad. And so I tuned in to figure out what exactly he was talking about, just to see for myself how bad it was. And from the, like I literally tuned in right after Boise state kicked their last field goal to go up 20 to seven. And then, you know, they started playing well. So, you know, you're welcome, Philip, that apparently me watching Oklahoma state is what it takes for Oklahoma state to play well this year. Um, which means that, I don't know what I'm going to do for that Kansas game because maybe I need to not watch and for them to actually have a chance, but regardless, um, yeah, no, it's, I, I, I agree with you that Oklahoma state, Oh, like overloads with the run, but they have, you know, good running backs that allow them to do that. And that's what make their offense go for whatever reason. Like you have to think that at some point it's going to come back to bite them and that they can't get the passing game going, but it's also kind of one of those things where, you know, why stop running when they can run as efficiently as they did? And it seemed like they shot themselves in the foot a few times, you know, maybe trying to go away from the run when they didn't necessarily need to, and Boise State was letting them have it. So it's definitely something that needs to get fixed. It's something that they need to figure out because you're right, especially in the Big 12. You're not going to be able to go the entire season only throwing, you know, 10 passes in an entire game and expect to win. Um, But, you know, I, I don't really know what Oklahoma state's supposed to do at this point. I don't know if it's Spencer Sanders is having problems or if it's receivers aren't getting in good positions for him or what, like they have to figure that out first and figure out what the problem is so that they can actually fix it. But it's just, it's a really weird situation for them to be in where their running game is, is so much better than anything else that they can do right now that, you know, like they have to lean on it in order to get wins. And it was
3: awful for two weeks. It was garbage for two weeks. And they finally get this going I'm just, I'm just gonna say, look, I am, I, I really am trying to be more positive and optimistic, and not a negative person. And I don't like, I don't, I don't want to call people's jobs. I don't want to call for. If you're doing a bad job, whatever, we can say someone's on the hot seat. But I don't want to say here be like, this person should be fired, unless they're doing something like immoral or wrong. But you don't trust the young receivers because you don't. Oklahoma State's had a problem for some time. They don't know how to use, build the offense around the talent they have on the roster. They expect the talent to fit their scheme. It's Gundy's scheme. Everybody has to fit Gundy's scheme. It's why Tyree Hill was wasted at Oklahoma State. It's why Jelani Woods, Titan, left for Virginia and is now killing it for Virginia. And now you have Brandon Presley, who looks like a Swiss Army knife a la Tyreek Hill could have been, and they don't know how to use him either. Oklahoma State does not know how to use build an offense around its talent. And the play calling right now is less than ideal, especially considering all the issues they're dealing with on the offensive line and at receiver. So look, I'm glad they're three 3-0. I'm an Oklahoma State fan. It's awesome. It's great. You beat Boise State. You, The Boise State does not lose at home. They do not lose at home. And you beat them on the road in just the weirdest big 10 game I've ever seen in my entire life. By the way, I'd like to make sure to not join the big, if that's big 10 football. No, thank you. I'll stay in the big 12. Thank you very much. I don't care about the money at this point. Um, Jamie, any thoughts?
2: Not particularly, except for, I, I had the treat of getting to watch part of that game while I was sitting there waiting for the freaking endless overtimes to end. So I could watch Iowa state. <laughs> but
3: it was it, the treat is the is that's a good word treat treat yeah
2: yeah that was fun but it no it was I mean first of all like watching Boise State play is always kind of painful because my little brain has trouble discerning the people from the field and
3: I don't oh, know
1: the blue how blue. anyone oh, does
2: that, that.
3: Yeah.
2: um my eyes aren't that good so I would be really caught off guard when what I thought was blowing grass came out of nowhere and tackled me personally. Um, I don't really have any other commentary besides that. It's just very confusing for me to watch those games.
3: Okay. So the other kind of unconvincing win goes to, uh, and look, West Virginia, 27 Virginia tech, 21. Um, Congrats to West Virginia winning a rivalry game. This is awesome. They got to go to Virginia tech next year. So we'll see if they can heap that. What is it? The black diamond trophy, black diamond trophy. It's probably popped pop back in my head. Thank goodness. Uh, West Virginia led this game 27 to seven early in the third quarter and then hung on for the win. A few thoughts. One, that game was the most like the best and the worst. It was like the best and worst compilation of of Jared Deggie game possible. Uh, They lost the turnover battle two to nothing because he had a fumble and threw an interception. The interception being the one at the end of the game that came right at the West Virginia 17 and set Virginia tech up, which is 17, needing just 17 yards to be able to take the lead, take the lead for the game. They were down six, a touchdown, and an extra point gives them the game props to the West Virginia defense. Well, Oh, defense in the big 12 this week in Oklahoma state, West Virginia, you guys stand up and be proud. Um, I need to make sure that I give due credit to the person who tweeted this out, so give me one second. I know that's really good radio when someone's like, hold on while I ramble because I'm trying to remember who did this thing. Keenan Cummings shouts to him uh, at Rivals Keenan. I think he's the Rivals guy for West Virginia. By my count, Virginia Tech ran a total of 11 snaps from the West Virginia 10-yard line and in on Saturday. It resulted in six yards, two turnover on downs, a missed field goal, and a false start. Props to the West Virginia defense. Jarrett Dagey tried to give the game away, and the defense stood up and did not let Virginia Tech get that touchdown. Turnover on downs, incredibly impressive performance. They got that win. Um, I I have I have some quite it's it's again, I think Virginia Tech and Oklahoma State have similar situations of like or Oklahoma State and West Virginia have some similar situations of like they got good defense. I got questions about the quarterback and I got questions about the offense. I got questions about the offensive scheme and I did not coming away from Saturday, despite two wins, feeling overly like more impressed by anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, West Virginia definitely has an offense problem, which it's weird talking about all of these, you know, big Twelve schools that have issues on offense, but I guess that's, that's where we're at. Big 12 is now a defensive conference, which, Hey, I'll take it. I mean, (laughs) but it's one of those things where, um, I mean, yeah, I just, Dagey was like super hot and cold in this game. Like you look at the box score and, you know, he was 15 to 25 for 193 yards with two touchdowns and interception, which isn't normally that bad of a line, but you know, it's just, I don't know. it, It, if you watch the game, which I did, um, like it didn't seem like he did anything that really jumped out to you as, oh my gosh, he's got it figured out. Like it was a lot of situationally helpful football for him where he was able to get big plays in situations where like, if he didn't get the big play, I would wonder what the heck was going on. And so it's weird kind of seeing what's, what's going on here. And like, I I can't really give him a bunch of credit for this win. Like you said, like it's, it was definitely the defense. There was a lot of opportunity in that second half for him to really put the game away. And he just wasn't able to do any of it. Um, You know, I mean, you know, they had so many drives, so many drives in that second half where they didn't do anything, you know, Three, three plays for negative one yards, uh, a fumble after 29 yards and eight plays, three plays for five yards, three plays for zero yards and an interception. Like, they basically did nothing except for a 12-play, 55-yard drive to get a field goal to open up the second half. And the offense just went away entirely. And so I have no idea what's going on there, why it can't be consistent. It is going to come back to bite them at some point if they can't get it figured out because, again, there's a lot of good defenses in the Big 12 this year. That offense is going to have to do something because you cannot rely on that West Virginia defense to shut down the opponent every single drive to be able to win you a game in the, in the conference.
2: Yeah. This isn't a game that I was able to watch very much of, but it's, I don't know. Again, it's one of those things where you, you get the win. It's a, it's a big rivalry game. That's awesome. There's definitely some things left to be desired, but at the same time, I don't know. Me personally, I love a big play. I love a big run. Those like get me so hype. So I always love anything like that, like for Letty Brown, but I don't know. You just, yeah, it's, it's exactly what you are saying, Andy. You just need a little bit more consistency, which absolutely has the potential to occur over the course of the season. Like absolutely. Could their quarterback play get more consistent? Yeah. But it just hasn't quite happened yet
3: uh baylor 45 kansas seven uh Andy, any thoughts
1: yeah i mean i i talked about this over on the rock chalk podcast but basically kansas defense played fairly well for the first half and then couldn't do any like it became really clear in the second half that they weren't going to be able to stay in it because the offense wasn't going to do anything and everything went to crap um kansas has shown flashes again you know it's worth the price of admission just to go watch jason bean play because he is absolutely phenomenal i wish he wasn't the only guy that really could do anything on offense. Like I wish they had some other runners that could rush for a decent number of yards. Um, like it's worth keeping an eye on Kansas and, and Baylor, I I'm still torn on Baylor because yes, Baylor was able to, to bully Kansas using a running attack that, you know, was really well designed to attack what Kansas does. But I do wonder just with the way that they started as well, did they catch you know a Kansas team that just was woefully unprepared for that running attack, or are they actually that much better than people thought they were going to be coming into the year? I really don't know. The jury's still out on Baylor. We're going to have to find out here pretty quick. But there's a lot. There's still a lot of questions. That that game didn't answer any questions for me other than it's like yeah, Kansas really isn't going to jump up and surprise too many people this year at least early because they still have a lot of things they have to figure out. You know, having a coach that was hired like, you know. 20 practices before the season started. You know what Kansas can use right now, Andy? A
3: little home field magic. It was really good for West Virginia on Saturday. They got that win, and I and I can't help but think it's because West Virginia gear was released on home field apparel on Saturday, like right at kickoff. Literally, fans are sitting there like watching the game, looking at their phone, typing it in, using the 1012 promo code Network12 to get 15% off their first order. And the West Virginia line is it's quite good. I really do like it. I'm just I'm like, okay, which one do I want to get here? I think, I think I want the uh I think I want the Western Mountaineer mascot illustration team. Like it's a navy shirt, it's got the Mountaineer inside the state and in the in the gulf It's a really nice t-shirt, and I don't have a lot of like blue t-shirts. And I could use it for a few more blue. I got a lot of gray. I'm a a, I have way too many gray t-shirts. I could use something like that. If you haven't gone and checked out the West Virginia line yet, what are you doing? By the way, the WVU Vintage Logo Tee. I've never seen that logo before in my life, and it's freaking awesome. And you have to see it. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Check out the West Virginia line. Scroll down to like the second row. It's called WVU Vintage Logo Tee. It's weird and wacky. If I didn't know that that's what it was, I would not figure that out just by looking at it. It's amazing. I gotta have that one too. So, Homefield Apparel, who makes the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere. Promo code Network Twelve N E T W O R K One Two gets you fifteen percent off your first order. They got West Virginia. They've got Oklahoma State. They've got Iowa State. They've got Texas. They've got Texas Tech. They've got Baylor. They have BYU in case we have some people uh, uh, listening uh, they have Houston as well they have UCF figured out Cincinnati we already know TCU is coming sometime in the near future or in the future it's been confirmed by both Homefield Apparel and TCU's athletic director who apparently is tired of people asking him about Homefield so HomefieldApparel.com promo code network 12 15% off your first order be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere this football season
1: yeah, you know, another one that is fairly appropriate, given the way that that game ended, is the you know 2002 West Virginia Black Diamond Goal Line Stantee, which I will say, uh, there's not very many shirts that look really good with yellow as the base color or gold as the base color, but I'm having a hard time finding one here that doesn't look absolutely phenomenal.
3: That is appropriate. I feel this literally does feel like home field, like <clears throat> I kind of knew it was coming. A little bit of witchcraft there, a little predictive. Home field magic is a real thing, folks. It's a real thing. It helped Oklahoma state over Boise state. And they got both. So I'm never sure how that works when it's a, I think the rule uh, from Connor is uh, it, as long as a home field team wins, then the magic is real. Uh, and if home, field, if home field team loses, well, they must've done something to upset home field and they need to quickly correct it. Um, other game from Saturday. I don't want I don't want to leave out Kansas state, Kansas state 38, Nevada 17, uh, Nevada tied it up in the third quarter. Kansas state put up 21 points in the fourth quarter uh, to win that one pretty handily. Um, I still think Nevada's good. I think Kansas State had a really nice fourth quarter there to pull pull away. I think Kansas State is good. Um, I think their defense was solid. I think Will Howard was better than I thought he would be, but they didn't ask him to do a whole lot through the air. 7 for 10, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, But... Twelve carries, fifty-six yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. Deuce Vaughn basically did just like everything else. So did Joe Irvin. Uh, it was a ground game for Kansas State and solid defense. Not too shocking. I cannot wait to see. And I say this sarcastically: the Big Ten game that's about to break out between Oklahoma State and Kansas State on this upcoming Saturday. Uh, we're going to talk about the games that we are excited to see this weekend in in just a minute. But from each of you, uh, you know, I, we're three weeks in. Everyone's played three games except for TCU because for some reason they love to take their idle weeks early in the season. I don't understand it. Um, so they'll get their third game against SMU this coming Saturday. So I, I'm curious. One thing that you each feel like you know about the Big 12 or a team in particular at this point today?
1: I'll I'll go ahead and jump in. Uh, the thing that I think I know at this point is that that second spot in the Big 12 championship game is wide open. I could make an argument for about seven different teams right now facing Oklahoma in the big 12 championship game. Um, Just based off of what we've seen, like stuff that could really go right for that particular team. And there's, there's not another, there's not a second team that I look at it and say, Oh my gosh, both sides of the ball make me think that they are, you know, for sure going to be there. You know, I can make an argument against Iowa state's offense being bad enough that they can't overcome it. And someone else could sneak in, you know, I could, I, I can make an argument for pretty much every single team except for kansas and i'm trying to think of who the other one would be maybe texas tech at this point i don't know that i've seen enough from them or baylor like i could say those three teams i could probably pretty safely say there's no way that i see them at this point making it to the big 12 championship game but everyone else i I could easily see making it at this point with with the right kind of um you know luck going their way or 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 the right bounces
2: yeah i think that the big 12 right now what i know is they've got a ways to go to prove that they're going to make you know waves in the postseason if you want to assume that Oklahoma's going to be your playoff contender which you know fair assumption generally you have a ways to go before you prove that first of all you're going to make it there and second of all that you're going to do anything there so I think that it's more that there's unanswered questions that we thought maybe would be answered by this time that we're just kind of waiting on still
3: I think I know that Oklahoma is probably still going to win the big 12 this year. Like we all thought they were, but not in necessarily the way we thought they were not because they, everyone, there's a lot of good challengers and they're just so good, but because the rest of the big 12 is going to have a hard time actually challenging them. And so Oklahoma is might not be as good as we thought they were, but it's still going to be able to get past everyone and win the conference again. Like I understand Oklahoma has been disappointing through three weeks. They lose games when they get upset early in the season. They turn things on late. We see it every year. They'll get things figured out. I I I will stop giving them the benefit of the doubt when they stop giving me reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I don't see anybody in here. Where I'm like, like, any team in the Big 12 right now, it wouldn't shock me if they were the team that upsets Oklahoma in the regular season. It would not shock me. If you told me Texas Tech was going to do it, Okay, if you told me Kansas State was going to do it for the third year in a row, great. If you told me Texas was going to do it, fine. I say everybody—not Oklahoma State, they—they they can't win Bedlam—but um, any team in the Big 12 outside of Kansas and OSU, if you told me any of them upset Oklahoma this year in the regular season, I would say okay. Like uh, that's 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 where I'm at. But I, when it comes to the Big 12 title game, I'm, until until proven otherwise, like. I just think it's going to be a year where they're going to do it, but mostly because not because they're awesome, but because I'm, I'm, just, everyone else has some major flaws, and I don't love it, but it it just kind of is the way it is. Um, looking around the rest of the uh, quote unquote Big Twelve, the the teams that we are currently engaged with and not married to, uh, BYU should go ahead and just be crowned the Pac-12 South Champ by knocking off the third straight Pac-12. Ta- South team, this time knocking off ranked Arizona State. Uh, BYU has been impressive. They've beaten Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah to start the season. They are 3-0 and the only team to be 3-0 in the country with three wins over, quote-unquote, power five opponents. So props to them. Very impressive on Saturday. Uh, Houston beat an FCS team. So that happened. Uh, Cincinnati 3-0. and 38-24 win over Indiana. It was, a, it was a little bit closer than we thought early in the game. Indiana led at half, 14-10. They struggled, Michael. Uh, but they pulled away. 28 points in the second half, uh, to 10 for Indiana. Cincinnati remains undefeated. I think they've got an idle week before, a huge game against Notre Dame. They had two big non-conference games to try and get their playoff path set if they were going to try and take a shot at going undefeated, maybe getting that to happen. And, and folks... We've got, to quote late kind of late kick Josh, um, renaissance season. We might have 2007 at, uh, part two after all. UCF, <clears throat> losing to Louisville on Friday, 42-35. If you have not seen the end of that game, uh, a 66-yard pick six in the final seconds gives Louisville the win over UCF. It was, oh. Uh, <sighs> That is not how you want to lose a football game. That is I. That is not how you want to no, lose a football
1: especially game. Especially since UCF had gotten a huge pick to stop a drive that where Louisville was going down to kick a field goal to win it. UCF got a huge pick, and it looked like they were going to be able to drive down for their own field goal attempt. Next play immediately was a pick six. At that point, it was just like, oh, both of those interceptions were deflections off of the receiver, so it wasn't even the quarterback's fault. Um, and the Louisville quarterback was playing with an injury. Like he was hobbled and was, you know, like well, hobbling around the field. So like, it was absolutely everything that you can ask for in a college football game. The absolute craziness, the back and forth. Um, it was as entertaining a game as I've seen in a really, really long time. So I'm looking forward to UCF and all of our new people giving us a lot more of those entertaining games. Cause they were absolutely fantastic. I, I am excited to, to walk this new conference down the aisle and, and wrap this
3: thing up. Um, I'm not even gonna try and make wedding night jokes
1: because I don't I don't know if that's a good way to do it. <laughs> I, I would say I think we need to finalize the divorce with Oklahoma and Texas first. <laughs> nah, like it's, it's, nah, it's we can just have them all
2: <laughs> chaos. Uh, We're modern.
1: Props to Kansas
3: State on their win on Saturday because guess what? Because they won, I won too. Got a payout because I have a share of Kansas State. I'm enjoying my Kansas State share. It's been uh, successful three straight payouts. Kansas was a long-term investment again. Uh, all this happening on Symbol. <laughs> it is a long-term investment, okay? Uh, happening on Symbol.app. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your team wins or the teams that you have invested in. Symbol is blended sports in the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams and again, the teams you invest in. I bought Kansas State in Kansas. I'm get, I feel like I'm getting closer to my next one. I feel like I am. I'm really missing out on the fact that I didn't buy a share of Baylor when they were cheaper than they are now and could have three straight payouts already. Maybe I should have bought Baylor instead of Kansas. Maybe I should have I should have done. Kansas was cheap. They're still cheap. I, I'm, handy. I, I'm, I'm sorry. It just is the way it is.
1: I, I, I'm tempted to triple down on Kansas because they're so cheap. <laughs> it's a really long-term play, it's but hey, come on. It's going to pay off. Uh, use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn
3: cash payouts when your team win. Uh, simple. As a sponsor here for the 1012 network has a very special giveaway that they're offering network listeners and listeners of this podcast. They're gonna hold a drawing to give away two free tickets to a big game, Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit with the promo code NETWORK12N-E-T-W-O-R-K 1-2. network one you will be entered in for a chance to win two free tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice this season. So go to Symbol dot app or dot com both are the same thing create a free account poke around look at what you want to do maybe sign up for our pick three yeah we're gonna have weekly prizes for that stuff i went 3-0 and this week <clears throat> uh and when you deposit make sure to use the promo code network 12 for a chance to win two free tickets to a big 12 game of your choosing symbol.com s-i-m-b-u-l-l Stock market for sports. Love having these guys as a sponsor. It is a ton of fun. I enjoy keeping track. But I am. I'm ready to buy another share of something. And I'm, I'm. 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 I'm really leaning hard on Baylor. I'm. I'm gonna hate to buy the Baylor one. And they. They. Yeah, I missed the opportunity that they that three zero start. This is Brandon Phoenix, A.K.A. I
1: also hate Pit, Joined by my brother Jeremy J.N. Phoenix. We are the raspy voice kids. We do the raspy voice kids podcast. If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, anyplace. Get at your boys.
3: All right. Let's look to the weekend coming up. We have many more conference games going on. A couple of non-conference games going on this week. Uh, Andy and Jamie, you know the rules. You can't pick your own team. So other than Kansas or Iowa State, which game this coming weekend are you most looking forward to?
2: Um, I think that West Virginia, Oklahoma will be interesting just to see where those respective teams are at, see if Oklahoma pulls it together after having a really close game this past weekend, and then see if West Virginia can kind of capitalize off having a little bit of momentum sneaking out of their rivalry game with a win. Maybe they come in there really ready to play. Um, I'm not going to be able to watch a lot of these live because I'm going to be at a metal festival because I married a metalhead. But I'll catch up on them the next day.
1: So disappointed, (laughs) JSJ. Come on. (laughs) No. uh, For me, it's that Texas Tech-Texas game. Like This is where we figure out which, you know, like, which, uh, I guess, storyline is actually true. Is Texas finally going to get off the schneid and, like, finally, you know, show that they can actually live up to some of the expectations that they have? You know, did did Sark really kind of change what this team is going to be doing? If they can get a resounding win against Texas Tech, like, yes, Texas Tech is expected to be one of the lower teams in the Big 12 Conference this year, but things are looking a lot better for them. They're playing a lot better. And while they've kind of had their moments, like if, if Texas can just obliterate them from start to finish, then I think you can start to say that maybe things are looking up for Texas and that they're going to contend, you know, for potentially that, that that second spot If Texas tech can make this a really tough game for Texas can keep it close, can find an opportunity to either get an upset or get really close to pulling an upset. Then I think that makes us think that Texas tech is a little bit better than most people are thinking that they are going to be for the year might give them an, like, especially if they pull off the win here, like, I don't know what Texas tech wouldn't be able to do then at this point, other than potentially beat Oklahoma. Like they could be a whole lot better if they can get this one. So I think this is a big game for both of these teams, especially if either of them have any kind of, you know, designs of making it to the big 12 championship. Um, But I think it should be a fantastic game, especially considering what happened last year, like Texas tech almost upset Texas last year. And so I'm looking for something similar super early. I I would love to see this, you know, I'm, Again, I would love to see Texas lose every single game that they have just because I'm a spiteful, you know, Big 12 fan that's getting left behind. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things we're going to learn a lot, I think, from this game. And so I'm excited to kind of see how it how it plays out.
3: Um, So I'm going to be honest with you up front right now. I'm going to be in Denver for a wedding this weekend. So just I'm going to watch as much as I can. OK, um,
2: Andy, you're going to have to carry this yeah. thing.
3: Andy's running the yeah. show next week, uh, so I'm 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 gonna miss I'm gonna miss SMU TCU the Iron Scale at eleven. I'm sad about that because I I always think that's a neat game despite what Parker apparently doesn't like it. Uh, but the game that I have circled is Iowa State versus Baylor two thirty on Fox because I think we have so many questions about both like. Iowa State's getting into conference play. This is usually when they start picking things up. They struggle in non-conference. They got their big non-conference blowout game. They always have one. It seems like they have one of those They did at UNLV. Going on the head to Baylor. Big game to start conference play. The chance of winning the Big 12 and even, you know, maybe somehow sneaking into the playoff is still technically there for Iowa State being in the Big 12. They've got to go to Baylor. A Baylor team that's 3-0. A Baylor team that's looked good the last two weeks no offense Andy but despite you know the level of competition that they faced off against how good is this Baylor team really like this game intrigues me because I just I want to know if Baylor is actually good um has playing the three games they've had so far helped Baylor prepare themselves to and, and help Jerry Bohannon kind of get things figured out before they go into a game this of this size like i Will tents be allowed on the sideline? It's a very important question to know. Iowa State, Baylor. I am like this game is so interesting just because of all the questions I have about Iowa State and Baylor, and I and I want to see what questions get answered for me from this two thirty game. I, I, I think there's good games. West Virginia, Oklahoma is interesting, but West Virginia never beats Oklahoma. It's in Norman, um, Texas Tech, Texas. Man, I I <laughs> that one. That one's gonna be fun. I agree that I already called Kansas State, Oklahoma State a Big Ten game because I think that's probably what's going to be a lot of Jalen Warren and Deuce Vaughn running the ball. So we'll see how that one goes. Iowa State, Baylor, man, that mm, mm, that one that one's gonna be fun. I think that one's gonna be fun and really interesting, like really
1: fun and interesting. Yeah, that that would probably be my second choice since I can't pick you know Kansas and Duke so.
3: I, I in the preseason, was like, yeah, Kansas could be Duke. Duke's terrible. Duke might not be quite as terrible as we thought they were, even though yeah, the yeah. ACC go is listen garbage. To the,
1: go listen to the Rock Chalk podcast. We actually talk about that one and why that one might not be as far out of reach for Kansas as you think.
3: I am I, I know. Northwestern's probably just really that bad this year. Like I think Northwestern's just bad.
1: All right, let's wrap it up
3: on this. Uh, there's so many things we could talk about, but we were already over an hour, and I don't
1: like going over an hour because people don't want to listen that. And hour. my wife wants me to come back and watch a Chiefs game. You probably so. should.
3: All right, let's. Andy has given us enough of his time, so let's wrap this up. Of course, give us a follow on Twitter at 1012network, ten twelve network t e n the number twelve the word network. Give us a follow on Instagram at 1012pod, ten twelve pod t e n number twelve the word pod. You can follow me at poke on Twitter. Make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss an episode of the show. Leave us a rating and review. Five stars, please. It really does help the show out. It does. It is a doing a favor to us. And if you are a consistent, loyal listener, you like the show, easiest way to help us out is just take a few minutes and do this really easy, free thing. Uh, check out our sponsors, Home Filled Apparel, Symbol, Gridiron. Andy, where can everybody follow you?
1: Yeah, you can follow me personally on Twitter at andymitz 12 um, Or you can follow me or the Rock Chalk Podcast at Rock Chalk Pod. JSJ.
2: You can still find me at JSTYZ, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. That's on basically every platform, Twitter, Insta, whatever. I just got my wedding pictures, so I'll post those, and then I'll get back my regularly scheduled sports posting.
3: All right. I don't know how I made it through this. I feel like I blacked out because I've been really tired, so we're just going to wrap it up and say this was a good show. Uh, looking forward to talking more about the uh, the four schools we're engaged with, and uh, we'll be back on Thursday, to make picks, and I get to gloat about my nine in one week, and I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to, I'm going to gloat, hard, like real hard.
1: Have at it! They're It'll nice be show. fantastic.
2: Podcast Network.